This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's get this week started off with a film review to move us in the right direction. Who better to do that than Kim Thistle in St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador? Hey, good morning, Kim. Hey, good morning. How you doing? I'm well, Kim. Today you are offering up a review of Blonde, the Netflix film about Marilyn Monroe. Even before you hit play, how much did you know about Marilyn Monroe? Were you a fan? Um, I'm not saying I wasn't a fan, but I didn't know a lot. Like I had seen her in Gentlemen Prefer, what was it? Some Like It Hot. And, and you know, you've seen the posters and you've seen the iconic pictures of her. And my my dear friend I hung around with years ago, her she was named Marilyn. She said her mom named her after Marilyn. And she had red hair, but she said everyone loved, you know, Marilyn Monroe during that time, right? So I didn't know. And I had read some snippets and pieces, a bit, little bit of here and there. But I've never sat down and watched a biopic about her. There's been some controversy about this film and what it covers in terms of Marilyn's life. What focus did the film take in regards to Marilyn Monroe's life? Okay, so let's get started. Before I even, like I saw the, the, the preview, you know what I'm saying? Like the little ads and you think, it makes you think that, oh yeah, this is going to be an interesting story about her life and I don't know much about her, you know, I know who she was married to and things like that. So that... It, it, that little little snip does not tell you really how the movie is about. It's completely different. It's disturbing. It's um, it, it's not exactly as I had thought it would be. Usually when I watch a movie, I don't read anything about it. I always watch it myself because I want to mm-hmm. have my own before I do the research. Tim, right? I'm the same way. I like, to, I like to go in completely as a blank slate when I'm consuming art. Yes, and this is what I did with this one. And I said, this should, and then as I'm watching, it's like, oh, my gosh. This is a bit disturbing. I was an hour and 47 minutes in and said, oh, my God, I got to watch the last hour. Now I you know, I got to finish this off. I had to break it up in two parts. Um, it was disturbing. It has um, a lot of, I guess I can get into it now, what it is. It, it's not the biopic as in you are getting the story about Marilyn, like, you know, rise to fame and everything. It's, it's taken in a way, like the cinematography is really well done. The, the description was good. But it's done in the way of looking through her eyes, hypothetically. That's what I need to say, because this is a fictionalized yes. account about Marilyn Monroe. This is not, because as I finished the movie, at the last hour, I said, okay, I'll watch this, I'll finish it off. Then I said, oh, I want to know if these are things are true. Did this really happen? And then my shock to find out this was completely fictionalized. fictionalized. Like, there was, none of this was basically true. Like, yes, it's true, the marriages she had and her rise to fame and the movie. But when it came to, down to some of the things like they referenced to abortion, there's no evidence that she had had abortion. And, and it, in the movie, it's done really quite graphically. So I'm sure we'll, that'll be another question you'll ask me about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was based on a book that's largely been discredited, discredited as fictionalized. That said, it still tells an interesting story using a famous person as a backdrop. So let's get into the performance, because those are big right. shoes to fill. Marilyn Monroe was a charismatic, captivating character who has le- who's well stood the test of time. How are the performances by the cast in this one? 
Okay, so the cast, we have the Cuban, Cuban actress playing Marilyn and Norman Jean, because Norman Jean, it was Anna de Amanas. I had never seen her, but she, and she starred in James Bond movie, No Time to Die, and Knives Out, and now in Blonde. She, Blade, she had done a great job, I have to say. Like, she, to me, you know, me looking in and seeing old pictures and clips of, of um, Marilyn Monroe, I thought she captured the essence because that innocence and that wide eye beauty and at the same time, the struggling with her two personas, like is she Marilyn or is she Norma Jean? Like I thought she did a good job with that. Um, the other actor is Arthur Miller, her, who was her third husband, was mm. Adrian. He's an actor that we were well aware of. Joe DiMaggio was played by Bobby Cannavale, and he's, I, I remember him from um, Will and Grace, but he's been in other movies. Um, and her mom, Gladys, was Julianne Nicholson. And now Marilyn's mom, in real life, truly did was mentally unstable, and she was diagnosed with um, paranoid schizophrenia. We do see that in this movie, and as I said, it, it was disturbing, the movie was. Great actors, like nothing against them, but it's a fictionalized account, and I have to keep saying that because you have to go go in realizing, like you said, it's based on the novel by um, Joyce Carol Oates, made to play by the director Andrew Dominic. Brad Pitt is one of the producers. It had really great reviews at the Venice Film Festival. It's an hour and 47 minutes, NC-17 rating, which means this is not under 17. You can watch it with your parents you know, an adult, this is graphic. Mm. Like there's sexual assault, there's abortion, there's substance abuse, violence towards women, probable suicide, and abuse from her mother. So I found it disturbing. My friend and I were watching it, actually. He's in Nova Scotia, I'm here in Newfoundland, and we said, let's watch this movie together. He had to bow out within the first 10, 15 oh, minutes. Oh, wow, wow. I can't watch this. So, Kim, I, I, I don't mean to re-traumatize you here in talking about that and going a little bit further into it, but some of the greatest movies of all time are unsettling and disturbing. Clockwork Orange, right. Requiem for a Dream. These are movies yeah. where you walk out of them and you think, goodness gracious, what did I just consume? So was it unsettling and graphic in a way that makes the film unwatchable? Or is it just something that's going to make you uncomfortable as a viewer? Oh, that's a good question. Because I, it was, if there's a way of doing it tastefully, and I use that in air quotes, right? Like we know that she is being beaten by, you know, Joe DiMaggio, the character, but we don't see it. Like they go behind the um, the wall, but we're told, like describe video teller that he's hitting her with a belt, and you you know, so it's was it the way? I hate using the word tastefully done because I I just feel like that takes away. I don't want to minimize the violence or I don't want to accept the violence as well. Maybe artistically done would be the turn of phrase there. What's the turn what phrase? Instead Sorry. of saying tastefully done, we'd say artistically done. Artistically. Okay, creative. That's even better. Creatively done. That's the best that's a really good way to put it because cinematography was done that way. But it's like, why did they have to add all these things? to sensationalize a story that's not even true on a based on a true person. Like they could have picked someone, they could have, yes, you could write a story and um, it could have been Jane somebody, you know, but I guess that doesn't draw the people in. It doesn't get the, the reviews and it doesn't get people interested in reading your book. When you put a, a true icon as Marilyn Monroe 
as a title and you're writing a fictional story about her. And it's unfortunate. I mean, this woman was intelligent. She was well read. She set up a production company. She thought she would, she included for African-American rights, like st stood up for Ella Fitzgerald. So we're not seeing that in this movie. Mm. Uh, Kim, you mentioned before that the audio description was fairly well done here. Take me just a bit further into how the, how the description was handled in this film. Oh, very good. Like, I was very surprised. Like, I probably wanted a better movie. So, I mean, even as I'm, like, I wrote down, like, Norma Jean tries to compose herself as she goes, as she gazes at her gray-haired mother dozing in a chair. Like, it describes, like, you know, we got the picture. Her mom is dozing in the chair, and, and Norma Jean is trying to, you know, compose herself after having seen her mom in 10 years. In the bedroom, Arthur studies her with sad eyes, you know? And those things were well done. And, it, you know, the glamorize and, and, you know, radiant Marilyn smiling into the camera. And the, and they describe the type of lighting. Like, the movie starts off in a bang. Like, I really liked it when it said, flash bulb splashes, a large spotlight silhouettes a movie, a movie scene. And Marilyn twists her body with a radiant smile. Like, it starts right that. And I mm. said, oh, wow, it's going to be good to describe. But then, you know, <laughs> then the topic and then graphic became a bit graphic. So that's where we'll finish the conversation here, Kim. I get the impression that maybe this film has left you with mixed feelings. Overall, how would you rate it? And you know what? That's what I struggled with. When I watched it, when I went back in to watch the last hour last night, because I watched an hour and a half on Saturday and then watched it last night, and I said, oh, okay, maybe this is not so bad. Maybe this is good thing that I, I you know, feel bad for her. I, she was a tragic figure, and I want to get to know more about it. And then when I read that it was all fictional, I thought, jeeper. I wasted three hours of my life. <laughs> you how I feel about it. Like, you know, like they're, they're glamorizing, like anti-abortion. We're, we're making a case for anti-abortion propaganda. We're making a case for violence against women in a sense. Like that's so many of the views that I'm seeing online and the way that I felt about it too. So I'm not, I, I don't even know who to recommend this movie. And I think the more we talk about it, are we not giving it, Attention? Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, yeah. Are we platforming it by giving it all that extra attention for sure? Well, Kim, hopefully the next time we have you do a review, we can pick something a little bit lighter that isn't quite as traumatizing. I feel like yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if this was your choice or Paul Daniels' choice, but I feel like what? Paul. I feel like Paul always hits you with the heavy stuff, you know? I chose it because I really thought that it, the, the little snip preview made me think, oh, this is going to be interesting. Learn about Marilyn a bit more, right? Well, uh, next week, Amy Amanti is reviewing the Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, series on Netflix. So just we're going from uh, light material with Kim this week to uh, serial killers and cannibalism next week. Just, There's nothing light this week either. So you're doing every month. Yeah, who needs escapism via entertainment? No, no, no. Just keep uh, driving into the dirt. Kim, yeah. I'm always glad, even the, even when the uh, the material is a little more intense. I'm always glad that we get to check in. Thank you for slogging through this one for us, and we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. Yeah, thanks. Take care. Happy Halloween. <laughs> That's happy Halloween indeed. That's Kim Thistle, film reviewer for us in St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador with a review of the Netflix film Blonde, which as Kim mentioned, NC-17, uh, some graphic violence, drug use, etc. So maybe not one for the whole family, but uh, if you're feeling a little perturbed and disturbed, maybe you can uh, jump into that one on Netflix. <laughs> Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. 
Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.